0: end of um, Christmas break and New Year's break, and there were people that were out and traveling and all that kind of stuff, and last week we talked about um, our church's legacy. Um, we talked about our church's legacy that we've received, and we talked about the church's legacy we want to pass on, and you're going to be receiving a, a little card in the mail and, and this little booklet that you find on your, your chairs. Really, at the end of this, at the end of it, it's the back page. That's what I want to get in your hands. There's a prayer guide, and I just want you to pray. Um, We have decisions that we have to make as a church Um, Sort of where we're going to be what we're going to do where we're going to kind of plan ourselves what we're going to leave for future generations Um, We're 13 years into this experiment called the sanctuary fellowship and uh, it looks like we're going to make it Um, And uh, uh, I I think we've we've got to be prepared um, for what we want to pass on spiritually um, what we want to pass on, um, with our walk with the lord Um, and then a place and a base for ministry for a long time Um, it could be where you're sitting now, but it might not be Um, there are uh, lots of irons in the fire right now that we're kind of exploring Um, so I need I need to know as your pastor that you are praying that you're praying for me You're praying for our elders You're praying for a team of people that are helping us kind of do some investigation um We're not going to talk about money, because money belongs to God, you know, and I'm not even counting on you guys to give it all, Um, Lord's going to just bring it, Um, there's a big number in here that makes me choke a little bit, but I think God goes, got it, here you go kid, you know, flips me, flips me this this kind of money, so um, I'm not worried about that part of it, I want us to be in the middle of God's will, Um, and I want us to be doing what the Lord wants us to do, right, Um, so pray, 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 okay, Um, And we'll come back together at the end of february and we're going to start giving 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 Um, but right now we're praying. Okay, and we're kind of asking the lord for direction guidance How he wants us to participate. All right, so those are on your chairs Um, and you'll be getting one in the mail just as a reminder also, okay Um, We're going to start hebrews today. I have been looking forward to this and dreading it for about eight months The lord told me put on my heart last spring That we were going to go into hebrews and maybe we were supposed to start in the fall and I just said no because it's daunting um, But uh, can't can't get away from it. So here we go. We're going to be jumping into hebrews um, And it's a big book. Um, it's a it's a thick book. It's got not just a lot of content, but the content that it has is Massive and massively important for your faith. So i'm really really looking forward to what god has for us. I expect a lot of humbling um, along the process for me studying and then what the Lord brings to us as we go through it together. So Hebrews, Hebrews chapter 1, um, if you have it, you can turn to it. We'll have it on the screen for you. Um, you can look in the Bibles that are in the backs of the, the chairs there. Um, so Hebrews chapter 1 is where we're going to jump into today. Um, sometimes, for most of us, I think, at some point or another, being a Christian seems really hard. Um, and And there's I think lots of times that we, because it's difficult, there's lots of times we don't act like Christians. Have you had a point this week where you didn't act like a Christian? Whether it was in private or in public, um, we tend to run across something in our daily, uh, weekly living out of Christianity that is hard and difficult, and we step back away from the calling that Jesus has placed on our lives. And we don't look very much like a Christian in some of those instances. Um, we're all guilty of it every now and then um, Some of us This is sort of a way of life for you And here's what I want to tell you If you are a casual, I don't know another word But sort of a casual Christian If your Christianity is a bit of a hobby for you If you like to be spiritual But the deeper things of Christ um, Either seem beyond you Or you don't care Hebrews is going to tighten the screws on you Big time Hebrews, will I'm going to tell you it later But it will not let you Be a casual follower of Christ Um, It's really really going to make it Sweaty difficult for you While you're sitting in here Um, And so that's what we're kind of Headed into right now All of us struggle with those times Where we would rather sort of step away And some of us have made this a bit of a habit Some of us have made this our Settled lifestyles Where we have sort of taken a step back From what it means to be called To live and look like Jesus Christ on on a daily basis. Um, That means what does it look like? It means sometimes we drink too much, sometimes we eat too much, sometimes we just indulge in something too much. We share the same anxiety and fears as the people around us who don't have the hope of Christ in their hearts. We value the same things, and then we wrap them up in religious language. Every now and then, there's this momentary lapse. It's not a rooted behavior, but just a moment or a season. When we just don't behave like we believe, that happens. But man, at the end of the day, I'm, I'm the first one. This is like uh, hypocritical anonymous in here, man. I'm a hypocrite. I'm a hypocrite. There are days and times and seasons in my life, it doesn't match up. It doesn't look like what I say I believe or what I think and say that God's done to me. And sometimes, again, it's accidental or occasional. But again, for some of us, this is a settled belief, it's a settled behavior you have so segmented off following christ that you've turned it into a sunday morning thing or you've turned it into exclusively like we talked about last week an intensely personal devotional kind of thing and it's not impacting every moment and every uh, situation um, in your life um, what does that begin to look like We're, we can be overly judgmental of the lost The minute you start to hold lost people to the same ethical and moral standards that you tend to live by and judge them because they're not doing it, what happened to grace? Right? What if that was God and Jesus' attitude towards you before you knew him? So we tend to get overly judgmental when we become these hypocritical people. We begin to think that we're better than the lost, we begin to separate ourselves from lost people. And then we start thinking, man, this is just too hard What you are asking me to do This person of God and Jesus and the resurrection And all this supernatural stuff that you guys talk about It's too unbelievable or it's too old That was 2,000 years ago Man, the, the, the uh, Ten Commandments, that was, you know, 7,000 years ago Why should I listen to any of that stuff? So it becomes too old or it's too demanding or it's too dry It's too much about do's and don'ts and duty And the things I'm supposed to do and not do Man, my life was just easier before I got into this Christian stuff. And these thoughts begin to resonate in our head and these temptations to go back to who we were prior to knowing Christ creep in. Hebrews is written to those people, thank God. Thank God that we have a book in the Bible that reaches out to us when we are slipping in our faith and says, come back. Stay the course. Jesus is worth it. And that is who the book of Hebrews is written to. Now, back then... These were people who were coming out of uh, Judaism practicing Jews Um, Maybe they were They were genealogical biological Jews when they they had been practicing Judaism They had come out of that to become Christians and they're facing oppression um, They're facing death um, Absolute cultural And familial rejection um, Because of their following Jesus And they're struggling with man is this worth it Should we continue This is, is the cost that this is exacting On my life worth following Christ Nowadays I think I would say it's those of us Who are hopeless and the oppression That some of us have and the suffering Maybe just the daily suffering of life That we ex- uh, experience the pain of life The loss of life that we experience There is a rejection by our culture That we're experiencing now um, In a very new way a very different kind Of intense way and all these things Can cause us to go man that is not Worth it that's who The book of hebrews is written to so i'm glad that it's there because I need that reminder hebrews is probably um, The height of biblical theology if you read romans you might go. Oh, no romans is great Romans is great, but hebrews is the pinnacle of biblical theology. It's not systematic theology It's biblical theology biblical theology is an attempt to take some theme of all of scripture and summarize it What we're going to see in the book of hebrews is the book of the author of hebrews is saying jesus is everywhere in god's plan he pre-existed before time he has been the point of creation since before creation he's the point of your life and your heart and your loves and everything jesus is the point of it all and he takes the comprehensive look at christ throughout history um, and scripture and says he's the point it's this comprehensive look at that and it's meant to push us not just to know more about jesus It's meant to push us to believe in him and trust in him and live under his authority And live like the work that it takes to get to god is done and I don't have to do anything else It's already been accomplished in jesus christ Who he is and what he's done is worth following and worth believing in book of hebrews tells us a whole lot about god Here's some of the the highlights that it tells us about god God is absolutely committed to being in a relationship with weak human beings He is completely devoted to that. He has turned the powers of the universe, the powers of the infinite God, have turned themselves to be in a relationship with you and with me. He is absolutely committed to that over and over and over again to ridiculous extremes. Jesus is like, God's like, I want to know you and I want you to know me. He is absolutely committed to that. So we'll see that in the book of Hebrews. God is faithful to his promises. He has made promises for millennia And he is faithful to supply And to to, uh, make those promises come true God is greater than we can hope Or imagine or ever understand We will never Wrap our minds Around how amazing and incredible God is There is this God That we see In creation and we see in Circumstances and we see in history And the book of Hebrews is saying Basically everything is culminated In Jesus All these breadcrumb trails that god has left about who he is culminate and point to the person of jesus christ and that same jesus Is the jesus that meets us in the details of our everyday lives Right, that's the great news of hebrews, right that god is more amazing and incredible than you could ever hope to imagine And he is met in jesus christ and that jesus meets you and I in our everyday details. Amen that is a great message that we're gonna get Out of the whole book of Hebrews as we walk through it So it tells a lot about God And then it says if you really wanna know who God is Look at Jesus If you wanna know who God is This idea of God This, this uh, um, uh, person of God Who's very um, unknowable in many ways If you wanna know who that is Look to Jesus Hebrews is designed It has been written to show us The final superiority of Jesus Christ. And everything that came before him and everything that comes after him It's designed to point us to the superiority of jesus christ And it's meant to press into us to tell us to go on with our relationship with jesus to maturity And to completion and so our faith will not be ended here on this earth So that we wouldn't reject our new life in christ and try to go back to old ways And we wouldn't waste our time here trying to get to god Or trying to stay in god's good graces that's the point of what hebrews is doing the word better or better than occurs 13 times in this book there are other places where similar phrases occur but the the actual words better or better than occurs 13 times in this book and it's always about jesus jesus is better than he's better than he's better than he's better than 13 times in this book it doesn't mean that the old testament was bad some of your, your, if you matter of fact, if you don't get your Old Testament, Hebrews is going to be a struggle for you. I would actually strongly encourage you while we're going through the book of Hebrews, which we will be for a long time, while we're going through the book of Hebrews, you should probably go back and read like your Exodus and Deuteronomy, um, Leviticus, some of your law books in the Old Testament. It would really, really help you uh, grasp what, what uh, the author of Hebrews is telling us about Jesus. So it doesn't mean the Old Testament was bad. It was good. And the Old Testament was God's gift to us And it was intended to point us to God It just means that Jesus is better Jesus is better than the Old Testament system He's better than sacrifices He's better than first fruits He's better than the feast that they had He's better than prophecies in the Old Testament Those things have been preparing us For the real, full way and message to God Through Jesus Christ Jesus is better than them They were all good Jesus is better like a wooden bridge that was built in the 1700s that's a great bridge that is fantastic the bridge that we build now with reinforced concrete and steel is better it's a better bridge doesn't mean the old one's bad it just means that it was pointing us to something that's going to be that much more incredible Jesus is better than those old things we have to the the other thing that the book of hebrews is going to push us to believer and non-believer because there are those in your you're just here this morning you don't follow christ and this is going to push us all of us to this place man it's some of you don't care i don't know how much i care but it is nba all-star season you could vote for your all-stars right who should start who should be the captains maybe more importantly it's an election year am i right about that right this is an election year okay we're going to choose who our president is for the next four years I think they should just let it stay empty for four years, see what happens, right? (laughs) Hebrews is more important than any other choice that you will make this year. What you do with Jesus Christ is more important than what you will do in any other decision for this year. Heaven and hell suspend on what you do with Jesus Christ. Is that heavy enough for you? is that big enough for us heaven and hell hang in the balance of what you do with the jesus christ that we see in the book of hebrews so i'm not here this morning to argue you into following jesus or trying to convince you that he is better or that his life is better because i can't i can't do it and if i did somebody would argue you out of it later So i'm not here to try to convince you of anything. Here's what i'm doing I'm going to present to you what god has said in his word And i'm going to pray that the holy spirit opens up the eyes of your heart That jesus and that what the what hebrews says about jesus He really is true and everything this passage claims about jesus is right and true I'm praying the holy spirit opens you up to that jesus today and at that point You'll fall on your face and you'll follow in the rest of your life That's my prayer for all of us today to make that decision. So your view of jesus christ matters Every day of your life How you see Christ Changes and impacts everything you do every day When it comes down to the dirty reality Of living daily life There's only one thing that's going to give you the power To overcome temptation Only one thing that will give you Joy and peace There are a lot of hard choices For us to make every day Our days are filled with probably Hundreds of thousands of choices And some of them are really complicated and difficult choices the only thing that can help you make those choices that can so enthrall your mind and your emotions and your joys and your loves the book of Hebrews says that jesus is so superior and so satisfying he is so much better than anything else in life that there is nothing in this world there is nothing that satan or my heart could offer me that is greater than jesus Now unless you're convinced of that Until the day that we get convinced of that And quite frankly I'm not sure it happens Until I enter the throne room and I see him face to face But for the rest of my life I will pursue him to know him like that That he would be the most satisfying thing in my soul And he would lessen The the appeal of this world To my heart That he would change and redirect and reorient The deepest loves and dreams Of my life So that nothing is more attractive to me than Jesus Christ That is the message of the book of Hebrews, and that is the power that we have to overcome this world. Christ is better. He is better than. So how do we know any of this? Because, man, I just gave a great speech, (laughs) right? (laughs) How do we know any of this, right? Let's go to the book. Let's go to Hebrews chapter 1. Let's see what God says about him. God, after he spoke long ago to the fathers and the prophets in many portions and in many ways, in these last days... God has spoken to us in his son, whom we appointed heir, or he appointed heir of all things, through whom also he made the world. And Jesus, he is the radiance of God's glory and the exact representation of God's nature. And he upholds all things by the word of his power. When he had made purification for our sins, he sat down at the right hand of the majesty on high, having become as much better Than the angels, as he has inherited a more excellent name than they. This is one of the most powerful and amazing passages about Jesus you're going to read in the Bible. Just those four verses, really the whole first chapter, is an incredible message about Jesus. How do we know anything about God? How do we know anything about Jesus? Because God spoke. That's the beginning of the argument today. How do I know this? Because God has spoken. So in some ways I assume we're sort of making that assumption And I'm very comfortable with this Every one of you came in here with assumptions today Don't bang me because I have some You have some too So we're starting with the assumption that there is a God There is a God The Bible makes the argument for God in other passages There are other places I can point you Philosophically, theologically, ontologically Where God's going to make an argument for himself in scripture So I can point you to those places But here in Hebrews chapter 1 verse 1 It is a basic basic assumption There is a god So that's the first thing you have to deal with we're going to get to jesus in a minute Romans chapter 1 makes it clear that if you won't even accept the fact there's a god you'll reject jesus all day long And many people are lost in their sins because they've just rejected the notion of a god So we start here that there is A god we have to deal with that first not god's (laughs) Not everything is God Not a spiritual idea Of of force somewhere But a personal God A person who can be known So we start with that The second thing that happens here How do we know anything about Jesus There's a God Secondly he has spoken God has spoken Praise the Lord because how else would we know him How else do we know about god Here's how amazingly glorious god is god is so amazingly glorious That he can't wait to tell you about himself and you're like gosh what an arrogant person Not if he's the most amazing thing in the universe Not if he knows that he'll fill up your soul Right not if he knows that he'll meet every base desire you have in your heart and god can't wait to give himself to you Right so thank god he has spoken And he has said things about himself, because how else would we know him? God's not hiding in the shadows. He hasn't been pulling levers behind the curtains. He's not been laying some intricate set of clues. Actually, he has been doing that, hasn't he? But he has also spoken. Ages passed through prophets and scriptures, but now he has spoken in Jesus all the fragments, and the clues, and the signs, and the words, everything is fully revealed in Jesus Christ. I think God still speaks today. I think God told me that we're going to go through the book of Hebrews. I think he said other things to me, but I'm going to measure everything I think comes from the Lord against scripture. If it falls outside of the lines of scripture, I probably had a bad potato for lunch, okay? So everything's going to be weighed against scripture and what it says, and we're going to do our best to bend ourselves to that. Listen to the Holy Spirit then bend it to the word, man And it against what he says there God is there and God has spoken Then he goes into these seven things As to why Jesus is better In four verses He gives us seven, seven reasons why Jesus is better I'm going to run through them pretty quickly, okay Verse two, he says He is the heir of all things He's the heir of all things And y'all, there's so much theology Wrapped in each of these ones So I'm just going to buzz through them now I think you could say Jesus is the heir in title right now It does belong to him Everything is his Everything is under his feet Later there's going to be a place where that is physically recognized Where it becomes true In every corner of the universe In every, every Under every carpet and in every closet Of every man and woman's heart He will be the heir of all things And every knee will bow And every tongue will confess that Jesus Christ is Lord He is the heir of all things. Now entitled, later physically, everything will be his. Everything will be under his direct control and rule. He is the heir of all things. Secondly, the other reason Jesus is better here, he created everything. Jesus created everything. I was reading the other day that our solar system has a diameter, just our solar system, has a diameter of about 7.5 billion miles. I don't like driving across Houston. Right? It's like 60 miles, and I hate it. 7.5 billion miles for our solar system. So that means if you got in a car and you drove 65 miles an hour, to get across our solar system would take you 13,172 years, or 338 lifetimes. Just our solar system. And there are potentially billions of solar systems. Astronomers say that there's over 100 billion solar systems in the Milky Way galaxy alone and over 50 billion galaxies in the universe Jesus created it all spoke it into existence man I can't even fathom that concept of how big and vast and creative and beautiful it is Jesus created all of it so he's better because he made it all third thing he radiates the nature of God He I love that word. That's the scripture. He radiates the nature of God. How do we know anything about the sun? Experientially. How do you know anything about it? Its rays tell us about the sun. The heat and the light that emanate from the sun tell us about the sun. We do not assume that the sun is cold and dark. We assume that the sun is hot and bright, because its rays tell us about the sun. Jesus is the radiance of God's glory. He like beams of light radiates the glory of god to us and tells us about who he is The rays of the sun convey power and heat and life to us and just like that jesus conveys the same things to us From the glory of god. He radiates the nature of god fourth thing He's the exact likeness of god He's the exact likeness of god Who's on a penny whose head? Nobody cares because it's a penny, right? No. Abraham Lincoln, right? I'm sure when they made it, Abraham was like, yeah, that's a good deal. Now it's like, dude, who wants to be on a penny? <laughs> Abraham Lincoln is on a penny. It's his likeness, and theoretically, if you go far enough back into time, that ruling person's uh, image on a coin gave it its power, gave it its value. It wasn't just what it was made of, it that it was stamped with someone's likeness. Jesus is the exact likeness of, of God with His full power and authority. God is fully seen and known in Jesus Christ. What is God like? What does God want? What would God say? Look at Jesus. We don't have to wonder. You don't have to wonder. What would God want me to do at this difficult situation in work? He's already told us, He came and showed us. What would God want when I get the call that I don't want to get and I'm lost in despair? He's already shown us. He's already told us. He is the exact likeness of God in Jesus Christ. So he is better than. He is carrying everything toward his purposes and goals. I'm not going to hammer anybody on this, but some of your theology is about to just blow up. He is carrying everything toward his purposes and his goals. Everything. A down airliner in Iran, his purposes, his goals Killing some dude in Iraq God's purposes, God's goals A rose that dies in the, in the forest that nobody sees God's purposes, God's goals Do we understand that? He is better than Because he is carrying everything toward his purposes And his goals Now this text says that he does it with his words He upholds things through the power of his word his creative sustaining power he speaks and things come into being jesus speaks and things continue to exist this is what we need to wrap our minds around from here in first first uh, colossians chapter 1 what this means for us is is that if jesus were to pull back his sustaining power we would be living in a post snap world anybody see avengers The minute Jesus stops thinking and speaking To sustain everything that you know to be real Ceases to exist He is greater because he sustains all things Jesus wasn't created He's pre-existent and he guarantees that this existence exists Everything is held together by the power of Jesus Christ So he is greater than anything else that came before him. He made atonement for our sins. Purification for our sins, it says here, right? He made atonement for our sins. Jesus has paid every obligation, met every debt, fulfilled the requirements of a holy God, so that you and I could have the penalty of our sins erased. There's not one amen for that one. Come on. Like this is, he's pointing to the pinnacle of stuff here. He has made purifications for our sins The separation between me and you and god has been removed and he has we sang earlier made us his friends He made us his friends We are at enmity with god when we come out of the womb We are rebellious creations of god in our free choice hearts And he has removed that and called us into his family and made us his friends He calls me his friend. It doesn't matter if I call god my friend. He calls me his friend We're not making mistakes or stuck in our brokenness He has made Purification for our sins Past tense Done deal Our offenses against God's character Our idolatry, our rebellion against his rule Have been taken care of In Jesus Christ He's better than because there wasn't a a lamb Or a sheep or a goat or a dove Or a wheat offering or a drink offering None of it could do it Jesus took it away, purified our sins, so he is better than. And then he sat down at God's right hand. His rule is unchallenged. His position is of the highest honor, and his work is completed and finished. He sits at the right hand of God because he's done. Amen. He is better than anything you can think of Or imagine in this world Hebrews is not going to let you stay in the middle About who Jesus is It won't let you Jesus is better not because he came to tell us about God Jesus is better because he was God Who came to reveal God to us By dying for our sins And coming back from the dead To forever defeat death and the grave That I deserve I rightfully deserve that Jesus is better Not because he came to say Hey God loves you He came to say I am God And I'll die for you All of this Matters for us today Hebrews is not Going to let us Stay in the center Of who Jesus is It's going to push you Off the middle Of being religious Or spiritual Or some vague Designations of a Superior power In the universe They don't mean anything Those are empty terms I just want to challenge Anybody who's throwing That stuff out That's kind of an empty idea about who God is. And quite frankly, it's insulting to about 80% of the world's population when they think about God. So let's just kind of divest ourselves of that. You're not more enlightened when you talk about a spiritual power than you are when you talk about God and Jesus. Even if you try to make Jesus into a sweet teacher, Hebrews will not let you stay there. He's the creator of it all, He is the redeemer of all mankind. He's the focal point of our faith. He's the best thing in the whole universe. And he has to become the center of our lives. He has to become the focal point, the foundation of every relationship and every decision that we have in this world. Jesus has to be the center of it, the foundation of it, the focal point of it. Jesus really is the person That we pray to and that we worship and he's the reason that we pray and that we worship and that we come here and we hear about his word It's why we do what we're doing tomorrow night. We have a rest night tomorrow night. It's why we do it We don't come here primarily to get stuff. I'm going to take my needs to him I totally am. I'm going to beg him for what I need in my life But I don't come to him primarily to get stuff or to feel good I need to re-aim my heart On just the holiness and the majesty and the worthiness of jesus christ Because I slip in that moment to moment. And I need to constantly call my heart back. Jesus is better than. Jesus is better than, Joe. Put your eyes back over here. Jesus is better than. It's why we do those things. Every moment of your life is worth living to the glory of God. If Jesus really is everything I just said, that means what you do as an insurance salesman, what you do at a school, what you do at home teaching your children, what you do at a fire department, what you do at a GameStop, everything you do, every moment of your life is worth living to the glory of God because Jesus is better. Everything we put our hands on matters for the glory of God because it is for Jesus Christ. He makes it possible for you to go do that thing and to give your life to that. He's worthy of your praise by doing it well and for his glory. Every problem you face, you face is under his rule. Jesus is set down. It's a done deal. He's the king. Everything you walk through in life falls under the rule and the reign of Jesus Christ. That should change how you, fa- how you face your problems. That ought to change how you face your pain and your disappointments. It falls under the rule of God and Jesus. Everything that is threatening to you every threatening person, every threatening circumstance is under the rule of Jesus Christ. Every sin that, it, that you ever commit is covered by his grace through faith in Jesus Christ. And we're like, but pastor Joe, this is so hard. I love sitting in here and man singing these songs to the point where I'm kind of hoarse right now and, and, and I have a hard time even speaking and I love coming here and doing this and agreeing with each other and group think and pat each other on the back and yay I love that but when I walk out of here it's so hard this life in Christ thing is difficult life doesn't turn out the way that I want on a regular basis <laughs> and keeping my eyes on Christ and living like he's better than my disappointments and pain in life is so hard it's hard to let go of my pride it's hard to let go of myself and maybe my self-hatred it's hard to let go of comparing myself to other people it's hard to let go of my lust it's hard to let go of my greed and my pain and my vengeance and just Christianity itself can cause pain have you ever run across that yet where being a Christian is hard and it actually hurts to do it Christianity can cause me pain and, and I'm a terrible Christian on top of all that I'm not even very good at this so I start thinking man I've got to work harder This is what we go into, right? I gotta work harder so God doesn't kick me out. I'm so glad God can't read my thoughts right now because I'm just gonna give up. This is too much. This is too hard. I'm gonna go do it my way. I'm gonna work as long as I want to. I'm gonna treat my body the way that I want to. I'm gonna have sex with anybody I want to. I'm gonna spend my money the way that I want to. I'm gonna hate who I want to because it's easier oh, dang, I'm thinking, it, I'm thinking those thoughts again. I've got to give more money to the church so God's going to make he's gonna be happy with me. And we find ourselves in this spiral, right, all the time of de- despair over who we are and despair over how hard life is, and we forget that God is there and he's spoken and he gave Jesus, and he's better than, and I need to be enthralled with the beauty and in the, in the majesty of Jesus Christ. And when I am, he diverts my loves toward him and away from the things that seem so attractive in this world it is so hard listen this is the message of hebrews don't give up don't quit you're going to get this over and over through the book of hebrews by the time you're we're done with four five and six you're going to be exhausted don't give up don't quit persevere push through jesus is better keep going with jesus because jesus is better grace is better Man, pray that the Lord would adjust your passions. This may be your prayer throughout this book. Pray that God would just adjust your passions and your love to be centered on Christ. God, let me know you as beautiful and satisfying. You need to go listen to that Keith Green song. Listen to his version of it. Oh Lord, you're beautiful. Go listen to that. Break your heart and it will turn your heart toward the Lord. Jesus is better and his way is better. He is better than anything that came before him. Everything that came before him points to Jesus. It's a poor facsimile of who Christ really is. Because it's Sunday and my name is Joe Sanders, I'm going to quote Tim Keller. This <laughs> is straight from Keller at a conference that he gave because it's awesome. Jesus is the truer and better Adam because he passed the test in the garden and his obedience has now been given to us. Jesus is the truer and better Isaac, who wasn't just offered up by his father on a mountain, but was actually sacrificed for us. Jesus is the truer and the better Jacob, who wrestled and took the blow of justice that we deserve, so that we, like Jacob, only receive the wounds of grace to wake us up and to discipline us. Jesus is the truer and the better Joseph Who sits at the right hand of the king And forgives those who betrays him And uses his new power to save them Woo, Let's go Jesus is the truer and the better Moses Who stands in the gap between the people And the Lord and who mediates a new covenant Jesus is the truer And the better Job The truly innocent sufferer Who intercedes for stupid friends (laughs) Jesus is the truer and the better David Whose victory has become our victory He is the truer and the better Samson, crushed under the weight of the wicked world to conquer our enemies and to save us. Jesus is the truer and the better Jonah, who was cast into the storm so that we could be brought in. Jesus is the real Passover lamb, innocent, perfect, helpless, slain so that the angel of death can pass over us. Jesus is the true temple. He's the true prophet. He's the true priest. He's the true king. He's the true sacrifice. He's the true Lamb, the true light of the world, and the true bread of life. Amen. (laughs) And the prophets and the angels and the commandments and the Old Testament sacrifices, they're nothing without Jesus. They are empty ritual without Christ. This book, we have got to get there. I'm not talking Hebrews, I mean this book is not about you you have got to change your approach to this book this is not about you it is about Christ and it is about how soul satisfying he is and how amazing he is and if I will just submit and turn my heart to knowing him and loving him like that this walk gets a little bit easier every day some of you are here this morning you've come in with just debates in your mind about this Jesus thing some of you in the past have made some kind of commitment to follow Christ and now you're kind of debating is it worth it? is, is it really worth following where I am right now? is Jesus really worth giving everything up for? especially this because it's so precious to me Can I give him everything? Even this kind of pain. Listen, life will test you. Satan will tempt you. Here's what God's going to do, and he's going to do it through his spirit, and he's going to do it through the book of Hebrews. God will consistently remind you, anchor your faith in Jesus Christ. Anchor your faith in Jesus Christ. Jesus is better than. God's saying, trust me. Jesus is better than. And he wants to remind us, Daughter, son, he's already set down. Everything you think is a battle to fight and a hard job to do and to finish, Jesus has done it. He has set down. What you need has been provided for and your temptation can be overcome and your sins can be forgiven and your purpose in life and for eternity can be fulfilled because Jesus set down anchor yourself in christ life in jesus really is the better way so let me encourage those of you who are believers and life has just got you to this point of doubting is it worth it it's worth it it's worth it we sing that song is he worthy he's worthy he is worthy some of you are debating about jesus on the other end and i can't argue you into this like what i just said sounds glorious or crazy Because there's a lot of cool stuff in this world in this universe And things we haven't even seen through telescopes yet And I understand that I am banking my existence and eternity On the fact that Jesus is better And I would just tell you That if you're here this morning And that's not true of your heart Your heart's not resonating with any of this I'm not asking if you prayed a prayer when you were six I'm not asking that question I'm just saying that your heart doesn't resonate With the glory and the majesty of Jesus Christ I want to challenge you that I will be praying for you. I will be praying for you that I can just give a faithful, unvarnished picture of what the Bible says about Jesus and that your heart is changed and turned by the Holy Spirit, that he can open your eyes and he'll give you a heart of flesh. And you'll hear this truth again and again and again and again from me and from others, from the book of Hebrews. And he lets you say yes to the good news that Jesus is better than, amen. God, I pray that this is what's happening in this room right now, that the Holy Spirit has fallen on us, that the Holy Spirit is here with us and moving in us and changing lives and changing hearts. God, those of us who are your followers, we're Christians, remind us how great you are. Turn our hearts from the lesser things of this world. Give me Jesus. Give me Jesus in the morning, in the afternoon, and at night. Give me Jesus, because you're better than. You're better than anything I can set my heart toward. Any love that I could say is the best love of my life. You're better. God, convince us of that. Anchor our faith in Jesus, who is better than. God, if there's people in here playing a game, they're here because they have to be. Somebody made them come. It's Sunday. This is what we're supposed to do. They prayed a prayer when they were six, but none of this resonates in their heart. Jesus isn't really better for them Because they don't know you Save them Holy Spirit come in and save hearts right now If that's you you can call out to the Lord Just say save me from my sins I want to know Jesus like that I want to know him like that Save me from my sins Some of us need to pray for a friend A family member And God convince them that Jesus is better They're better than money They're better than sex They're better than, than medicating themselves With alcohol and drugs They're better than working really hard Jesus, you are better. Convince my son of that. Convince my spouse of that. Convince my daughter-in-law of that. Convince my children, my grandchildren. Convince them in their hearts that Jesus is better. Don't let them thaw away. Don't let them fade away in their lust and their love and their, their, their greed to have more of Jesus Christ. Let it be an overwhelming desire in their hearts to see you beautiful. Thank you, Lord, for this time. For the book of Hebrews, for making it hard to 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 uh, dig into this thing, but glorious when we do. Let us turn our hearts' attentions towards you this week. In your name we pray. Amen. Amen, guys. Thank you for being here, Pastor Jared.